Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. This week, we're going to talk about nerds and drugs. Two of our favorite things, right? But our mantra, I am brave enough to look within, because this ties in. In the first question, we're going to talk about that dopamine rush that we get from dudes, right? And what is under there? And in the next question, we're going to talk about how to find guys with actual quality character and why it's important that we cultivate that in ourselves and how to do that very easy and fun ways, actually, in order to magnetize those people into our lives. So we're going to do our little guided meditation. You guys are saying on the Shalligator Reddit, which is where I source these questions from, that some of you, this is your favorite part of the podcast, our little breathing exercises. Some of you, you skip it. If you want to skip it, that's totally fine. And oh, and I will try not to inhale for quite as long. I hold my breath for a really long time. So <laughs> we'll just breathe deeper, but just a little faster. Okay, so we're going to inhale and remember our motto. I am brave enough to look within. Relax that jaw, let your shoulders down, get all comfy, wiggle those titties around, take that bra off, girl, unbutton those pants. In through the nose, and out through the mouth. One more time, I am brave enough to look within. And out. Alrighty, let's get started, let's wake the mighty women, we are ready to receive the message. So our first question isn't exactly a question at all. It's a story from one of you shalligators on the Reddit, and it's just, ah, oh, it's everything. Experience, it is so much growth. Okay. So she titled this, Separating from the guy who gave me the massive dopamine heroin-like hit has made me feel so much happier and in control. So she said, over three months ago, I, 23, I'm a female, broke up with my long-term boyfriend and realized that I'm a relationship-aholic. I need boys. So after breaking up with him and lockdown restrictions finally being lifted in Scotland where I live, I decided to do something I've never done before. Just sleep with guys casually and start thinking about my pussy. Shallon talked about how at the start of a relationship, it can feel like a drug and that you can use a guy as a getaway car from all of your issues. And for me, <clears throat> it was loneliness and not trusting female friends because I was bullied in high school. I noticed a trend with the type of guys that would want to start a relationship. I'm sorry, that I would want to start a relationship with. And these are the guys that trigger that massive dopamine rush. When they text me, it feels like heroin. It's so addictive. It's all I can think about. And I would do anything to get this hit from the guy again. There's this one guy I slept with who I actually really like. And I've known I wanted to sleep with him for a long time. And my rational brain could see us together. But <clears throat> neither of us are really in the right headspace to be in a relationship. And also, he lives in a different country. So who knows? Two or three years down the line, we shall see. But he gives me that dopamine rush. It makes me want to like rush through everything with him, drop everything for him, fixate on why he hasn't texted me, all this stuff. It leaves me feeling like such a sad loser. And I have an amazing job and I'm working on myself and I'm building solid friendships. 
And thinking about what Shallon said, I realize that this is the same feeling I've gotten with guys before, and I rush into a relationship with them, like a drug addict. So today, I started separating the person, the getaway car, from the drug. Every time I get a craving for this guy, I think, it's not the guy you want, it's the drug. He's just the vehicle for that drug. And this has been helping me immensely. I feel like I'm more in control of my emotions and I can actually see this guy as a person and objectively think about him. Oh, girl, girl. Yes. This warms the cockles of my reptilian little heart because I, you know, we talk a lot about realizing why you feel some way, but it's it's a lot harder once you realize it to do something about it. I mean, yes, you can't change what you don't acknowledge, <clears throat> and realizing something truly is a huge bulk of the battle, but we got to have coping mechanisms, and that's why I was so excited she posted this, because she said, when I feel like this, I remind myself, it's not the guy, it's the drug. I've recently had a drug-like relationship myself, and I talked about this on the Inf stream a little bit um, when I talked about my first Montana heartbreak, and it was a guy who emblemized, I don't think that's a word, was emblematic of the kind of life I wanted. It goes back to this creepy-ass heart locker thing where it's not that you want to date someone, you want to be someone. He had awesome friends, a really cool like life here in Montana. Like he was just very settled and embedded. And that's what I wanted for myself. And when I moved here, that was my big fear is that I'm just going to be this like weirdo in the wind. <clears throat> and so I, I fixated on him like very heavily. I mean, we broke, we broke up like a while ago and I haven't talked to him or seen him. But those initial few like weeks, this was, I guess, in June, those initial few weeks were very difficult. I felt like I was detoxing from a drug, right? It was very ugly. It was very unpleasant. And I tried to do the same thing this alligator was talking about. Remind yourself, what is at play here, right? Right? You don't want the guy. You want what he gives to you. <clears throat> okay, we think, well, it's that happy feel. I no shit. You want a guy for the feelings of love and happiness. Like, that's what love is, right? True. But love doesn't feel like drugs. It feels like wine, not like heroin or meth. It's like, ooh, I got a little buzz going on. Ooh, you know what? I'm loosened up. I'm feeling good. I'm my best self. My jokes are funny, right? <clears throat> You're just kicked up a few notches. It doesn't feel... Rawr, like manic, insane, super, super, super highs, terrifying lows. And just this, this sense that everything else in your life has been blocked out by this. It's blocked out your son. Everything in your life lives and dies by whether or not this guy calls you or texts you or you see him or who he's with and you can't stop stalking. That isn't fun drunk. That's crazy drunk. That's high on drugs, crashing come down withdrawal, right? So we talk a lot about like fireworks versus fireplace, a guy who flames out versus a guy who like sustains and keeps you warm. Let's extend that to drugs. We want the wine buzz, right? The wine buzz, not the crazy manic drug panic. And when we get like that, when we do get that drug panic, because I was getting like that <clears throat> with this dude who I met when I first got here, I had to pull back and be like, no, the thing I want isn't him. It's what he comes with. Because I actually could not name one positive trait about this dude. He was so boring. He used word like gals, 
So these gals, I was like, what are you, 75? I've never heard a man below 40 use the word gals. And like, look, okay, this is me trying to date an adult. He was 39 and I never again. Okay. Never again. I tried it. I tried to do the thing that's socially acceptable and it's, it's stupid. It's complete baloney. We're going back to the young men. Anyway, I would remind myself, no, it's not Rob that I want. It's what his benefit package was. You know, I want to feel embedded in Montana the way he made me feel because I met his sisters and I met his friends and blah, blah, blah. So I shifted my approach and as hard as it is, as hard as it is to walk away from the drug to your own emotional rehab, that's what it takes. So every time I would get that hit, that urge for him, I would text one of my new friends here. Hey girl, let's go out for coffee. Yes, Shallon. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Let's go. And slowly I was getting my sort of like methadone, I guess you could say. The drug that they use to ease you off heroin. I was getting my nicotine gum in a way that was healthy. And I was weaning off of him and weaning onto the things I actually did want. Making friends, getting involved in the community, having a routine and a schedule, drawing myself out of my own shell. And so I started to look at him as, yes, of course, he was always a vehicle, right? But maybe he was a signpost. He was a thing that pointed me where I ultimately needed to go. And it sounds like the shallot gator was doing that too. So when you get that dopamine rush, come up with, and when you're not in the dopamine state, right? When you're not in the withdrawals, because as Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until they get punched to the face, (laughs) right? Don't do this in a triage situation. Sometime when you're neutral, you're feeling okay, everything's sort of fine, make a list. Try to look at this objectively. Make a list of really what this guy is giving you. What what is that signpost pointing you towards? Is it better friendships? Is it feeling embedded in your community? Is it a sense of better self-esteem or feeling on schedule? And, oh, if I have a boyfriend, no one's going to, like, <clears throat> come down on me for still being single at my age whatever it is, but there is a something under there. And then make a list of things you can do in that dopamine craving moment to get that hit without him. Forewarned is forearmed. You know I love war. And nobody goes into a war without a strategy. I mean, they do if they want to fucking lose. Everyone has a tactical strategy when they go into battle. So why are we treating relationships like this any differently? Because, you know, I know what you're thinking. Well, it's not a battle. It's love. No, baby girl, it's not love. It's drugs. And we have a war on drugs. If you go to rehab, they're not like, gee, I don't know. Let's try this. Let's try that. No, they've got a strategy. They've got a plan to tackle these things. You need to also, because love doesn't feel like this. It doesn't feel out of control. It doesn't come at the expense of absolutely everything in your life, from your schedule, to your laundry, to your homework, to your side business, to your friendships, to your just feeling of dignity and being completely out of control. That's fun like here and there. It's fun to be like, oh my God, you're just having crazy sex. I'm just out of control. Okay, that's fine for like a few moments, literally minutes. But if that's the state you're in all the time where you're like, if he texts me, I don't care if he texts me, can I take you to dinner or can you help me bury a dead body? I'm in. And girl, I have been there. I have been there. I have glimpsed into the gaping maw of my own insane desperation for some people. And it is, it's chilling. Like what I would have like done. I'm a helper. I'm a nurturer. I'm a lover, 
and I'm a fighter. And I know you guys are all of those things too. And those traits are our best traits. <clears throat> and like I say all the time, they can be weaponized against us if we're not careful. So let's take control of these traits. Let's take control of our own addiction and figure out what's beneath it and go where this genius shalligator already has into a place of sanity and dignity. This next question is like amazing. I love it. She said, I'm posting this because I want Shallon to do a video about Russell Wilson and Sierra. And I've watched the videos she's done about them and about Sierra's ex future and why he's a fuck boy, which he is. And I used to date dudes who were like that too, kind of thuggish or they had drug addictions like, oh my God. But really, I just want to meet hot nerds. I still want to know, where can we find hot nerds? Where can we find a guy with character? And what are signs someone's a good man? So this is an excellent question, and I love that we're talking about it. Sierra, if you don't know her dating history, she dated, she was engaged to Future. They had a baby together, and Future is such a fuckboy. He has like 10,000 baby mamas. It's, ugh, he's just a disaster. <clears throat> and Sierra moved on to Russell Wilson, a hot nerd. I mean, Russell, you don't look at a professional athlete and you're like, that's a nerd. But if you are performing at a professional athlete level for more than like one season, you are taking it very seriously and you are a nerd. Kobe Bryant was the biggest athlete nerd and that's why people loved and respected him. He kind of was the first athlete to get into this idea of sports psychology. He was incredibly interested in the psychology behind performing well and leading and winning. Same with Tom Brady. Like, nerd machine 5,000. He's very into nutrition and calories and how his body works. Any successful man is a nerd. Any successful woman is a nerd, right? There is something nerdy going on behind the scenes that they're probably minimizing versus amplifying. Look at Paris Hilton. We've talked about her a lot lately on the channel. She has her documentary out. I did a whole series. <clears throat> People can say, oh, she's so dumb. She's a whore. Well, is she dumb? Because she's earned, personally earned, not from her family, personally earned almost a billion dollars. That doesn't sound like a dumb whore at all to me. When I think of someone who's dumb, I mean, there's just like a billion. Gosh, I don't even know. Who, who knows where to begin? I was going to say Black China just because I think of her as so obvious to her machinations when it comes to trapping men. But that's clearly takes a lot of brains. I mean, she's not dumb either. She's cunning. She might not be the person you want to sit next to at a dinner party, but she is extremely cunning. Like, do a TED Talk, girl. How do you get that money? How did you trap a Kardashian for life? That's kind of amazing. So where do we meet nerds? Well, I think it's crucial, like I said, to redefine what your image of a nerd is going to look like. Sometimes it's the guy working in the lab. Sometimes it's the guy working in the gym. Sometimes it's the guy working on the football field or in the art studio. Nerds come in all forms. I was a nerd, right? And nerds truly do finish first. They, I mean, we really do. You, and I feel like all of you shalligators are nerds. And I mean this in like truly the most complimentary way. Because if you're not a nerd, you're just kind of doodling through life. You're not using your intellect. You're not using your cunning wits. You're not really maximizing your potential. You're not being self-actualized. And I don't have a ton of respect for people like that. I mean, fine. If you just want to live this sort of surfacey life, that's fine. Please don't try to talk to me. Like, ever. Ever. You can sell me my scratchers at the gas station. That is the extent of it. I want people with depth. And those are nerds, right? And like I said, I was a nerd. I was popular, but my high school was full of nerds. We were all nerds. And 
I remember my godmother saying to me when I was young, I was like 11 or 12 or something. I was like crying because I wasn't the most popular girl in school and I didn't have boobs, whatever those 11, 12 year old problems were, which were significant. She's like, you know what? Nerds finish first. And the way you do it is not to be pretty first and then try to be interesting. You be interesting and then you become pretty. And I was like, no, I just did not want to hear that at all. I'm like, great, cool. So I have to be like grubby and mousy and ugly until when? Until like a witch waves a wand over me or something. But she was exactly right. And inadvertently, that's what I did. I spent my younger years developing my mind, throwing myself into a million different activities. When I got to college at Cal Poly, I didn't like it. Irony is I live in Montana now, which is essentially Cal Poly. It's just like farms and cows and rodeo and cowboys. But at the time, like I wanted diversity. I wanted a big city. I was just wanting to break free. And so I had to entertain myself. I had to nerdify myself to keep my mind stimulated because it was kind of a bland environment for me. I threw myself into writing for the school paper into rodeo, into ROTC, belly dance. I was volunteering. I was on improv team. I was doing a million different things to get that nerd itch scratched. And most of us have that nerd itch. You know when I talk about like getting back to our authentic selves, re-sparking our joy, finding our passion? You guys might have heard me talk about your perfect nine-year-old day, right? What would you do if you were nine years old and you could script your day however you wanted? Would you be at the museum looking at dinosaurs? Would you be finger painting? Would you be baking? Would you be throwing a birthday party for your dog? What would you be doing? And I encourage you to spend a few hours a week, maybe even just one hour a week to start living that perfect nine-year-old day. That's going to get you back to who you are. That's going to shake loose some of that nerd dust. Be like, oh yeah, I fucking love ancient Rome. I love it. And then you're going to escalate that okay, I love ancient Rome. I love learning about it. I'm going to sign up for Italian or Latin at like the community college or wherever it is. And you know what? I'm going to do a meetup. I am going to have a meetup for like mythology buffs and they're going to come over and we're going to talk and we're going to meet. Now I know what you're thinking. Shallon, we asked where we could meet nerds, not how we could become a nerd. Honey, like attracts like. You have to be what you want in your life. If we don't cultivate that depth, if we don't cultivate that nerdiness and embrace it, We're not going to attract the hot nerds because the dudes like Russell Wilson, who were probably nerdy at first, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I can do my hair and use like nice shampoo or cologne or whatever. They can import that attractiveness later. That's the easy part. Learn how to style your hair or slim down or do your makeup. Shit, girl, you can learn to do that in a week. That's easy. Okay, so don't worry about that. If we don't diversify ourselves and nerdify ourselves. Guys like Russell Wilson, guys like the hot, artsy, nerdy types, they're going to look at us and think, huh, she's not like me. I only see what's on the surface because maybe beneath the surface, there is just more surface. But let's talk logistics. How do we like meet these people? Well, like I said, nerds are going to come in different packages. And this is where it's crucial to go slow, to go slow. When I moved to Montana, I got on Tinder immediately because I love boys and I'm a hoe. And I was swiping willy-nilly. Like, I was I was swiping, unless someone was, like, very much not my type and I was, like, very not into them chemistry-wise, you know, from what I could see, I was swiping. And I was especially swiping on people who were passionate about things. Most especially passionate about things I knew nothing about. And let me tell you, 
that wasn't hard to find because I know almost nothing about anything. To quote Ozark, I don't know shit about fuck. I really don't. Like, I don't know about hunting or fishing or off-roading. I know my angles and how to take photos and how to do podcasts. But I wanted to be around men with expertise because men who are experts at something are nerds. They have character. What are they doing with their time? They're not just drinking and blowing coke with their neighbors. They're working on their expertise, their their passions, their hobbies. If someone's passionate about something in their life, they're going to be passionate about you. They're going to be passionate about developing their relationship with you. Oh, I love building this table and woodworking. You know what? I can't wait to take Shallon on this really cool picnic out to the waterfall and do that. It Passion creates passion creates passion, which goes back to us in our perfect nine-year-old day, right? We got to develop a life that is centered around passion, sensuality, excitement, curiosity, headiness, that feeling of being alive. And then... Once we do that, we're going to be able to see that passion so much more easily in other people. And it won't look like you thought. We think of nerds as like the dude on the chess team with the pocket protector. Nah, nerd means expert. Nerd means expert. I want a man with expertise who's developing expertise because that means he is going to want to be an expert in me and our relationship and He's going to be curious about what I'm curious about. And isn't that great? I'm curious and passionate about a lot of different things. I'm really into rodeo and barrel racing and all this stuff. But, you know, that's some of it's kind of new or I've deepened and galvanized those feelings since I moved to Montana. And one guy I dated could not have had less curiosity about my life. Like almost none. Almost, almost none. Do you know why? Because he had no passion in his life. He had a job, but he didn't have a career. He had friends, but he didn't have like ride or die besties. He did things, but sort of only when other people asked him to or made him to. He was pretty happy to sit on the couch and play Fortnite and microwave his food and like to cook, didn't like to do anything. And so no shit, he had no curiosity about me. He didn't even have curiosity about himself. And I can't think of anything worse than that, right? Anything less inspiring, anything less sexy, honestly. Like, oh, you're not curious about me. Guess what the fuck I'm not curious about? Your penis. How interesting. So look around and diversify. People who you might discount as, oh, they're they're not going to be anything like me. Well, you don't know that. Like we just talked about in the Paris Hilton video, how to date your equal. Forget how things look on the surface. Like Paris dated that absolute douche monster, Alex Novakovic, whatever his fucking name is. I don't even care. Because they met at Ultra, he was in the same scene. And I know that she's like, oh, he understands me. He understands my life. He understands what I'm talking about when I say Ultra and Tomorrowland. He understands the music. He understands the people. Okay, cool. He doesn't understand what it's like to be a business person. He doesn't understand what it's like to be a high achiever or empathetic or a good listener or a good brother or a good sister. You know what I mean? You can teach someone those little logistical things. You can make flashcards. This is Ultra. This is Tomorrowland. This is who Diplo is. That stuff's all just, that's just the vocabulary. That's easy. You want someone who understands your motivations in life, right? I had great success dating in Montana, like I said, because I was swiping on everyone. And I had the most serious connections with people who on paper had 
nothing in common with me. Nothing. Oh, they ran an excavation crew. What the fuck is that? They wrangle cattle. What do you mean? I don't understand. People came from different places, had different education levels than me, but they understood my life because they understood expertise and they understood passion. And my boyfriend now, he's a lot younger. He's studying something that I have no interest in. And he's a business major. Yes, he's still in college. Just leave me alone. But he also like runs a business and it's not anything I'm interested in. It's not anything I would do, but we understand each other because we understand the hustle. We understand each other's passion about things and we understand each other's drive. And just because they come in a different little costume, well, that's okay. Those things are teachable. So really, really broaden your horizons. Start talking with people. But look, girls, here comes the warning part of this. Here comes the warning part. The reason we are into fuckboys is because they are so socially dynamic. And why are we into that? Well, it's one of two reasons. Either because they are who we are or they're the opposite of who we are. I know that sounds kind of obtuse. Either they're this or they're not. Yeah, no shit. Hear me out. So Future was able to bamboozle Sierra because he's very, very charming. I've met him. He asked me if I wanted to be his baby mama. I very much do. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not going going to be. Thank God I was at that party with the boy I was dating at the time who was like a hurt locker because only my hurt locker could have veered me away from Future. God. You know what? I should have gotten locked up by Future. Could not have gone worse than the hurt locker did. Anyway, Future is very socially dynamic. He's very charming, right? And we as women, so much of the time, we are so incredibly advanced beyond boys. You know, sometimes don't you deal with a boy and you're like, you are like a single cell protozoa version of me. You're just like this thing I have to pat on the head. And yet, and yet, watch me become sexually obsessed with you. Watch me just put my whole life aside for you, even though you are so far below me on the food chain. All right. So when we see a guy who is dynamic, maybe even more than us, oh, it feels like fucking drugs. It feels, you know what it feels kind of like? It feels like rest. When I meet a guy who's a charmer, I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I don't have to do this work. I can be seduced. I can be swept away. He can walk me around the party and I can, you know what? I can just stand there. I can just stand there and sip my drink and I don't have to shuck and jive. Oh, well, this is so-and-so and you guys know each other because blah, blah, blah. I don't have to do that social heavy lifting anymore. Finally, someone is taking something off my shoulders. And nerds? Nerds might not always do that. They might not always do that because they're not focused on that surfaciness, on how slick everything looks. They're not focused on the beauty. They're focused on the substance. If you, if you look at it in terms of the opposite gender, if you look at it in terms of girls, you know, we see, we see girls like this, like we saw them in high school, they were pretty and dumb. And, but like, honestly dumb. Like, there was nothing beneath the surface. They didn't have any interest. They're just like, boys, hair, whatever. You know, and they were socially successful because they did what maybe boys couldn't do. They were easy right? They were charming. They were fluid. And the boys could just kind of be like, duh, the single cell protozoa. And so, you know, it works both ways. That's the point is it's a two-way street and both genders are susceptible to this for sure. So beware that a nerd might not be ultra charming. He's not going to be the cool guy. In college, like all the frats, like they, they had something they called face guys, 
like they had the hot dudes be like up front during rush to like entice other guys into the frat it was all sort of homoerotic but then the girls started doing that the sorority started doing that like we had face girls like all the pretty girls were up front and we're like okay this is kind of toxic and bizarre but whatever a nerd might not be the face guy right he might be a little awkward at a party he might tell a joke with a rambling narrative and kind of a flaccid punchline think about what he brings to your table though right i've dated the really cool slick dude and i've dated the nerds and nerds finished first i married a nerd and the reason our marriage didn't work out had nothing to do with him being a nerd like that that's what kept us together for as long as it did because he was interesting and you know anyway so just give it a chance to build don't look at it as a microwave. Look at it as a crockpot. Because the fuckboy is the microwave. The fuckboy is the firework. The nerd is the crockpot. The nerd is the fireplace. The nerd is the thing that's going to sustain you longer and deeper. Quality guys, they don't give it up right away. They don't reveal everything about who they are right away. They don't need to. They're looking to build that quality connection because this goes back to the expertise. They are used to walking the path to expertise and to become an expert in something, whether it's running an excavator crew or riding a saddle bronc or painting a painting or playing the violin takes time. You don't rush through those steps and come out with success. And the rodeo things usually come out with a broken tailbone. Anyway, you want someone who is okay with going slow, who's not just okay with it, who's used to it who's not white knuckling it through every day trying to like get in your pants or just like run through the bases so we can chew you up and spit you out and be on to the next bitch you want someone who's going a little slow so that might be a little low on like the slickness that might be a little low on the grand gestures when he says something sweet it might come out kind of clumsy it might not be exactly what you're going to print on a fucking neon sign and hang on your wall that's okay remember girls if we keep doing what we're doing we're going to keep getting what we're getting, right? We're going to keep getting crappy relationships with flame out fuck boys. So as an experiment, literally try to do the opposite of everything you are doing. If you feel like all your outcomes are bad, let's just try something different. Nice guys finish first. Nerds finish first. You just have to know where to look for them. First of all, you look for nerdiness within yourself. You cultivate that, make that magnetic. Then you branch out let go of what you think a nerd looks like. Let go of what you think happiness and a perfect partner looks like. And let it go slow. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, And be sure to connect with me on Instagram at ShallonXO. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet. Stay savage. Stay savage.